How many love Jesus today? All right. Let's open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 54. Now, this is my wife's, I think, favorite chapter in the Bible. She's, she's, she's meditated on this until her medita- meditator wore out. But, and if she preached it, it would be completely different, by the way, than what I'm going to say. <laughs> and isn't that good? I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, we have these... Uh, different doctrines and one of them is false or something like that. But, you know, you can look at the Word and you can see more than one thing. Amen? And when you look at these Old Testament prophets, God's so creative, He was speaking more than one thing at once. Amen? He was speaking to Israel, but at the same time, He was speaking to the church. He was speaking to a nation, and at the same time, He was speaking to individuals. And so we see in Isaiah Beginning in Isaiah 52, you know, in the 13th verse there, it, it, the Isaiah begins to speak about Jesus, the suffering servant, how he went to the cross and how he died for our sins. And Isaiah 53 is considered uh, the redemptive chapter of the Bible. It's the great redemptive chapter of the Bible. Uh, Isaiah 53, 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for what? For our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. How many qualify? But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. He was wounded for our transgressions. That's the message of the cross. That's what Jesus did for us. Amen. On Calvary 2,000 years ago. And I like the fact that this church and this pastor and this ministry here emphasizes the cross. You got one right up here. I like it when you go to a church and you see a cross. I don't know. I'm, I, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I like to see a cross. Amen? Because that's the center. Amen? That's the central message. Without the cross, we don't have anything. Amen? We've got to remember, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved, it's the power of God. Now, these... Prophets, when they're speaking, you know, Isaiah was prophesying this and writing this down. You know, he didn't say uh, uh, chapter 53 now. (laughs) And then he gets done with another one. Okay, now chapter 54, that was added in later, okay? So this is actually, there's a flow of thought from one thing to another. You know, there's a, there's a, um, uh, a big picture, that God's putting together. So right after he talks about what Jesus did on the cross, and and I should mention too, uh, verse 10 of of Isaiah 53. Let's just look at that. It says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Yeah. 
It pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus. He hath put him to grief. And when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So Jesus has seed. He has offspring. Amen. Through this sacrifice, he has produced another generation, and we are that generation. Amen. And he has a plan for the earth. So he did something in history 2,000 years ago on that cross, and Jesus died, and he was buried, and he rose again, but then he produced offspring, amen, and he has a plan for this world. Can I have an amen? Amen. And so that's the context that we're going to read, Isaiah 54, and the first three verses now. Sing, O barren that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge. Everybody say, enlarge. Enlarge. Remember I said, when you think of Tom, think expansion. So I'm going to preach to myself today, but actually too, this is a message for Word of Faith Fellowship of Oka, Minnesota. This is a message for you, okay? I'm not just, I'm not just giving you um, something from the, the Bible, you know, a good teaching from the Bible. I believe this is a message from the heart of God specifically for you today, right here on March the 4th, 2012, okay? Enlarge the place of thy tent. Anybody like tent preaching? Tent meetings? (laughs) Susan, you love tent preaching. (laughs) I used to have a tent, like somebody else I know. And I tell you, I enjoy that, getting out there with the tent. And he says, enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, Lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles. Or I think the Amplified Version says the nations. How does that read in the Amplified? The nations. What's the phrase there, how he says that? Your your offspring, right? Your offspring will possess. I like that. Your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Hallelujah. Now that's God's plan. Amen. That's his plan on the earth. That's his plan for his church. That's his plan for you and me. And that's his plan for Word of Faith Fellowship, I dare to say. So I've called my book I wrote, You Can Touch the World. So we're going to call this message today, Your Church Can Touch the World. (coughs) Thank you for your enthusiasm. (laughs) Your church can touch the world. Amen. Amen. I'll try it one more time. We're getting better. (laughs) Your church can touch the world. Amen. Oh, that's better. 
Praise God. We'll try it at the end again. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the work that you are doing at Word of Faith Fellowship. We thank you, Lord, for Pastor John and Terry and all the people and all the people that have been here and all the lives that have been touched through this ministry over the years and all that you have done by your Spirit and through the Word of God in this place. But Lord, you've only just begun. There's so much more. And I pray today for a spirit of encouragement that we would all be encouraged to see that you have a plan of expansion for our lives, for our church, for our ministry, and for the world. That we, through this gospel, and through this expansion, that we would possess the nations for you, and that your glory would be seen upon the land. Lord, each person that's here, you know them. You know the number of hairs on their head. You know exactly what's going on in their lives. You know what they need. Now, I can't speak to every single need, but Lord, you can by your Holy Spirit. So as we preach the Word of God, we ask you to minister to every soul, every person that's here, every person that would hear this message, that it would be individualized and customized to their need. But Lord, that you also, that you would bring this spirit of encouragement to this church to see that you have even greater things for them in the days to come. That they would see, Lord, that you have a plan that they, their church, can touch the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, now that first verse there, Isaiah 54, verse 1, Paul tells us what that's about in Galatians. And he talks about how the, uh, the desolate woman, which is kind of in a figure, he used, as he uses it, Sarai, Sarah, who didn't have any children, okay, who couldn't produce children, who couldn't produce anything in the natural, okay, but she's going to have more children than the married wife. So he brings that out as an allegory there. And he says that this represents the child of promise. So this is talking about how our lives can be fruitful through what Jesus has done for us as we believe in it. As we accept what Jesus has done for us and we become children of God, then God comes in our lives and even though our lives have been desolate in the natural, even though we haven't been able to produce anything in ourselves because Jesus is in us, amen, we're going to lead productive lives and we're going to have more children than the fancy Dan person down the street who's got everything in their own strength. Can I have an amen? Because you and God are a majority. Amen. Can I have an amen? And when his power is in you, amen, great things happen. So this is the transition then from Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, what he did, his seed that he's produced, and he's talking about what God's going to do in your life through his power. Can I have an amen? amen? So as a result of this revelation then, he says in verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. Get out of small thinking. Stop thinking about what you can do in your own abilities. 
Stop thinking about what you can accomplish through your own power and natural ability and realize that you are married to the Lord. <laughs> Amen. And through that marriage and through that union, there's power in your life. So therefore, enlarge the place of your tent. Start realizing the great and mighty things that God wants to do in you. Can I have an amen? Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen the cords, and strengthen the stakes. You know, I don't know about your tent, Pastor John, what, what it was like, but the one that we had, you could set it up small or you could set it up bigger. You could set it up, uh, uh, see if I remember, 30 by 40, uh, 30 by 80. Well, anyway, I think you could get it up to 40 by 80. I think there was three sections. So you could set it up big or you could set it up little. And how many know if you set it up big, you can get more people in there? Amen? So God is saying, make the tent big because I have big plans for you. Amen? Your church can touch the world. Amen? And your church is and has touched the world. But I believe God has sent me here to encourage you that there's more. There's a lot more that God can do. Amen. I just thank God to, to hear the testimony about how you're at the Good News Club in, in Wyndham. That's an outreach of this church. I mean, that's good. You pray for Trish, you know, because we're, you know, you're part of that. Amen. And that's an outreach. And that's what I'm talking about today. When I say touch the world, I'm not talking about just India. Praise God. I'm talking about Avoca. I pray that God would give you... Uh, creative ideas to reach this area for Jesus Christ like never before. That the walls would come down, the barriers would come down, and you would see things that you never thought possible in this community, in this area. Because with God, all things are possible. And Jesus said, if you can believe, nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. Amen. You know, I think about how Jesus said, cast your net on the other side. And Peter said, we've been fishing all night. I mean, I hear somebody saying, we've been fishing for 20 years. <laughs> and Jesus said, cast your net on the other side. Amen. Don't quit fishing. Amen. And he cast the net on the other side. He says, well, I've been fishing all night, but nevertheless, at your word, and I believe God's speaking a word. Amen. There's still some fishing out there to be done in this area. Amen. And God's going to use you, you fishers of men, to reach the world for Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I have an amen today? Amen. And he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will cast down the net. Well, Jesus told him to put out nets. <laughs> and Peter said, well, i got enough faith for a net. <laughs> but not nets. So he threw out a net. Well, what, don't you suppose there was so many fish it broke the net? And they had to call the partners. Amen? Come on over here, partners. Help me. And get these fish in. The net was breaking. And they brought in this 
big boatload of fish, praise God, because they obeyed the word of the Lord. Can I have an amen today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to expand our thinking, expand our horizons. You know, as long as we have a stronghold in our mind that says we can't, then God will not be able to give us the creative ideas that will enable us to do the things he wants done. Do you hear what I'm saying? If there is a stronghold in your mind that says, I can't, then you will not be able to get a revelation from him about how to do what he wants to do because your mind is always saying, already saying, no, I can't. We can't. You have to start saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. God's got a big vision. Amen. God's got a big plan. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not just talking about necessarily uh, this, what happens in this building. What God does through a local church is not all about what happens in one location. That's traditional thinking. Amen? Good news, the Good News Club is an example of what I'm saying. The church is not a building. I know you already know that. The church is God's people. Amen? And what uh, progresses from the lives of God's people and uh, God uses each church in unique ways, in each person, in each type of ministry. He uses our ministry in a unique way. It's hard to pigeonhole a church or a ministry or even an individual because God's made us, made us all different. Amen. Isn't that right, Ted? We are all different. Amen? And thank God for it. Just as out in the field, the flowers of the field are all different colors and different shapes and sizes, amen? So it is with us as individuals in the body of Christ, and so it is with churches. So I'm not here to tell you what your church is supposed to do or is supposed to look like. I just feel God told me to tell you, your church can touch the world. Amen. And how that's going to happen, then you've got to find God's direction for that. But I want to encourage you just to take the limits off. Take the lid off of this church. Amen. Amen. Oh, I wish somebody would get excited today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish somebody would get excited in the house today. Come on. Praise the Lord. What's going to happen when you enlarge the place of your tent and stretch forth the curtains of your habitation? Start getting a broader vision for what God can do. God's going to open up to you the possibilities like never before. And he said, thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. Hallelujah. Stuff's going to start happening. Wyndham, amen. Stuff's going to start happening. Slayton, and I tell you, stuff's even going to start happening. Fulda, praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Woo! The right hand and the left. Is it okay to hoot in this church? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, I'm having fun today. Praise God. Thou shalt break forth on the right hand and the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles, or shall possess the nations. I like that. This, thy seed. You know, it's not only what we can accomplish personally ourselves, but what we can help someone else to accomplish. I had a young man call me. He got called our ministry this weekend. And he's from the Twin Cities. 
He, we have a lady now that's answering uh, phone calls for us, and she talked to him, and she said he's all excited. You know, he wants to talk to you. So yesterday I was busy preparing and studying, so finally last night I got back to talk to him, and he's he's 33 years old. He lives in the Twin Cities. He says I want to be an evangelist. He says, God has told me, he's called me as an evangelist. He said, I know everybody in the church is supposed to be a witness, but God's called me to be an evangelist. I don't know how to do it. And he led me to call you. Man, that's exciting. So we're going to pray for him and send him one of our books and encourage him, you know. See, our seed shall possess. Sometimes it's not what we personally do. It's what we do personally, yes. But it's also what God can do through those who we encourage and teach and train and disciple. Amen. And that's what a local church is, is a place to disciple believers and let them know who they are in Christ and then send them out to the world. Hallelujah. That is the mission of the church. Hallelujah. And your seed will possess the nations. Praise God. Oh, thank God, see? Because there's treasures out here. There's, there's people out here. There's seed out here who have potential, who have ministries, who have anointings that need to be encouraged and stirred up and released uh, to touch this world for Jesus Christ. Amen. Thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Well, we could interpret that a lot of ways, but there's some desolation out in some of these rural areas. Some towns that were pretty lively a few years ago that are kind of going dead now. But you know, with God, all things are possible. You know, I tell these people on the reservations where they seem like they have no hope. If you look at it in the natural, they're financially destitute and everything else. But you know, God can give them an idea. God can give them a way out of that mess. Amen. Those places can flourish. He makes the deserts to flourish. He makes dried up lives to flourish and bloom, you know. And God can bring change out to these small communities out here in western Minnesota. And God can use you to plant those seeds and to water those seeds that will grow. And I believe today even we're planting a seed that will grow and bring a harvest in your lives. Amen, because it's the Word of God. Amen, because what I'm saying is the Word of God. And God's Word will not return void. But it will accomplish what it was sent forth to do. And in the name of Jesus, I just release that Word. Amen, the Word of encouragement, the Word of faith. Amen, a Word of life, a Word of conquest and victory for this church and for your lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. When God gives a vision, we must run with it. Habakkuk, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may what? Run that readeth it. Uh, what is it? Is it First Chronicles? I think I have it written down here. Uh, Second Chronicles 20, 20. <clears throat> It says, believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. They were going out to battle and he told them to believe the word of the Lord. You know, God speaks through his Bible, through the word of God in the Bible, but God also speaks to our hearts, doesn't he? And as Christians, as we grow up in the Lord, he begins to speak things into our hearts about what he wants to accomplish in our lives. 
in the same way with a church, in the same way with a ministry. He has a plan, he has a purpose, and he speaks that prophetic word to us. And God says, believe it. Believe the Lord. Believe his prophets. I don't mean you should believe every prophecy and just take it hook, line, and sinker without testing it. But what I'm talking about is when God speaks something to your heart, whether it's prophetically through another individual or you individually getting it from the Lord and you know it's God. You know that God has spoken to you and given direction for your life. Hold on to that thing. Hold on to the vision and the purpose and the destiny that God has placed within you because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He comes to steal that vision out of your life. Amen. You know, and what happens is difficult circumstances come along, affliction and difficulties come along, and we think that must have not been the Lord. And we lose that sense of our destiny and purpose. And I believe God wants me to encourage you today to stir up that vision and purpose and destiny that God has placed upon your life and upon your church. Because we need to walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Praise God. God says, take the limits off. Expand your vision. More instead of less. Stronger instead of weaker. Expansion instead of contraction. Advance instead of retreat. Greater ministry, not yet, not less. Greater influence, not less. The desolate has more children. I mean, the desolate has more children than the married wife. Praise God. Did you ever notice God is always talking about increase? Psalm 115, verse 14, the Lord will increase you more and more, you and your children. You know, you need to see yourselves as a people of increase. It doesn't say God will divide you or God will subtract from you. He's always talking about adding unto you. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God's always either adding or multiplying. <laughs> That's his math. You know, it's the devil that wants to divide and subtract. Isn't that right? So let's be a people that have a, a plus mentality. <laughs> a plus or a, or a multiply mentality. Amen. Let's see. See, just like I'm preaching this message, I see multiplication. I see multiplication. I see some, somebody's going to take that seed that's being planted today and something's going to change in your life and it's going to produce fruit and then somebody else is going to get something and the seed is going to be multiplied. Amen? God is a God of increase. Of 2 Corinthians 9.10 Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply Everybody say Multiply. Multiply your seeds sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. You know, this church has sown a lot of seeds over the year. I mean, you've planted financial seeds, no doubt. You've planted love seeds, word seeds. You've helped people. You've planted seeds. And the Bible said he will multiply your seed sown. Your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. That's what God says. 
Amen. Let's believe him for the multiplication of the seed. Hallelujah. Now let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis 13. Anybody here ever go through a disappointment in your life? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so did Abram. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot was separated from him. <clears throat> now, how many know that had to be a disappointment for Abram? He... He had his nephew with him. They were all part of the same gang. Amen. Well, they had a church split. And here goes Lot. He takes the best land and leaves Abram behind. So here it says, The Lord spoke to Abram after Lot was separated from him. So here's Abram. He had to be a little disappointed, a little despondent, a little down. Amen. Amen. I know what that's like. Praise God, I was a pastor for 22 years, so I know what that's like. And so I can just see Abram, you know, sitting on a stump or something, whatever he had there, head down, just kind of hanging, you know, hanging low, just kind of disappointed. But it said, and the Lord spoke to him after a lot was separated from him. What? Lift up thine eyes. <clears throat> the Lord didn't say, well... Abram, you really blew it now. You know, things are really rough. No? He says, look, something seems like something went wrong, but look, lift up your eyes. Get the vision for what I have for you. Lift up your eyes and look from the place where thou art. Northward and southward and eastward and westward. <laughs> Look from the place you're at. Word of faith, fellowship. Look east, right? Look west. Look north. Look south. Amen. Look and see what I have for you in this territory. For all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it. Now, how much land is he going to give him? All the land that he sees. So if he doesn't see any, amen. He, got, he had to obey the Lord. He had to lift up his eyes and see the potentiality. That's not a word, I guess, but I like it anyway. Of what God was offering for him. He had to look what he, what he could see. He says, and whatever you see, I'm going to give it to you and to thy seed forever. Amen. See, the vision that God has for us as churches and individuals and ministries, it's not even just for this generation. It's not even for what God's going to do in 2012. It's, it's for generations to come until Jesus comes back, which may be sooner than later. But God has a long-term vision, amen? And we need to see our lives in that light, that we're planting seeds for the future, amen, for the kingdom of God. And we need to see that we have potential but we have to lift up our eyes. We can't sit there on, our stump, on that stump with our head down. 
Can I have an amen? amen. We got to get it. our eyes up, 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 up. Amen. Uh, attitude is more important than aptitude for determining your altitude. Amen. You got to have your, the, your plane pointed the right direction. You don't want to point your plane down, amen, because <laughs> eventually you're going to crash. You got to point it upward. You got to have that uh, that atti uh, attitude. I think that's what they call it. Uh, pilots call that the the attitude of the plane. Well, our flight plan needs to include the right attitude. He says, "Lift up your eyes, and I will make your seed as the dust of the earth." Hallelujah! Just think about what God did through Abram's life. He did exactly what he said. He's going to make your seed as the dust of the earth. Right here, we're the seed of Abraham. Out of Abram's obedience and the life that he lived and what God did through his life, we're sitting here right now. Amen. And that's the, that's the potential of our lives. Hallelujah. I've seen it many times. You know, things that I thought were a bust, that you know, was a waste, God was working and planting seeds in people's lives. And we'll see a much greater heart. When we get to heaven, we're going to realize the things that God has done, has done in our lives that we didn't even realize it. Verse 17, Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. He says, get up. Quit sitting around. Go. Walk through the land. See what I have for you. Walk the breadth and the length of the land because I have given it to you. Then Abram removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre, which is in Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Hallelujah. He praised the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord was, as we were worshiping today, and I enjoyed the worship today. I really liked that old rugged cross, too. Um, but there's something about worship that brings us into God's presence where he can shape us and he can mold us and he can bring our lives into what he has for us. There's different aspects of God's work in our lives, and worship is vital. And not just on Sunday mornings, but every day. Worship God privately. You'll find that there's such, a, there's such a benefit because when you worship, you know, worship is really loving God. The, the root, I think, of the Greek word is to kiss towards. Worship means to kiss towards. So when you're worshiping, you're kissing God. Well, when you kiss God, you experience what? His love. And that lifts you up to an entirely different plane. See, God loves you. But sometimes we, we read that and it's just words in a book. You know, God so loved the world. Or, you know, the Father himself loves you. But when you get it in your heart that the Father loves you, it changes everything. It changes everything about your Christian walk and your spirituality and your, your uh, attitude. <laughs> get that nose up. Because God loves me. My nose is up. You hear what I'm saying? So 
Abram worshipped the Lord and he got a bigger vision. He opened up to the plan of God. There's a scripture. I don't know if we'll go there. Um, oh yeah. It's Genesis 9.27. It says, God shall enlarge Japheth and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem and Canaan shall be his servant. Uh, Noah prophesying over his sons there. He says, God shall enlarge who? Japheth. Now, Japheth means opened or enlarged. So who is God going to enlarge? He's going to enlarge those who have a large vision. Amen? Who have a capacity to believe that God can do great things in their lives. Are you a Japheth? Amen? Well, God says he will, he will enlarge Japheth, the one who's open, who can see what God wants to do in their lives. All right, let's turn over to uh, Numbers 13. How many want to see God accomplish everything he promised to accomplish in your life? Amen. How about in your church? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> What's interesting in Hebrews, I think it's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, it said, talked about the children of Israel, and it said, the gospel did not profit them. So it says that God preached the gospel to the children of Israel, but it did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith. And so if we look at, we look at uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, God has, or Moses had sent 12 spies into the land, and they came back, most of them, with an evil report. They said, well, it's a great place, this promised land, all these promises you're talking about from the Word of God that we can heal the sick and set the captives free and we can win... We can win the world, even Fulda. We can win even Fulda to Christ. These are great promises, but there's giants over there. There's the giant of apathy. There's the giant of religious religiosity. What other giants are over there in Fulda and, and these other communities? The stiff-necked giant. We ministered in rural areas, so... You know, this is not new to us. What else? What other giants are over there? Giants of fear of anything different than the established religion? Tradition? There's giants in the land, let's face it. So they came back and said, well, we can't, you know, it's great. You know, there's great possibilities, but there's giants in the land. But it said that there was two men that came back who what? Had a different spirit. Different spirit, Joshua and Caleb. Now let's see what they said. Let's hear the word that came out of their mouth. Amen? And, and we'll compare it to the word that's coming out of our mouths. Amen? Praise God. See, it's easy now for me to talk big. Now I'm a traveling minister. I'm not in the situation. 
But we were pastors for 22 years, and we were in some of these communities, and I know what it's like. Believe me. And, you know, you can get discouraged by the resistance that's there. But nevertheless, what I'm sharing with you here is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And Caleb and Joshua came with a different voice. They said something different. <clears throat> Numbers 13.30, and Caleb stilled the people. <laughs> Shut up! And said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are what? Well able to possess it. Praise God. And then in the 14th chapter, in the 8th verse, we hear what Joshua said. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us to his, into this land and give it us a land which floweth with milk and honey. They were saying, let's go. But the, the other spies were saying, no, can't do it. Nice place, but can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. We got to get can't out of our vocabulary. Amen? Now, we might need to do it a different way than we thought we were going to do it. Amen? We might need a, some of God's supernatural creativity to break some of the strongholds in these areas. Amen? But we can do it. Because God in us is a majority. Amen? And I tell you, God didn't like that, that they had that negative spirit. In fact, he was going to judge them. Moses had to plead for mercy. And God said, all right, I'll pardon according to your word. But he says, as I live, says the Lord in the 14th uh, chapter, 21st verse, as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. All the earth including Avoca, population 147. Amen? I said amen? amen. <laughs> All right, so we know the story. They had to wander around in the wilderness. All the generation died off, and then God took who? Joshua, and along with him, Caleb, into the promised land, turned over to the book of Joshua. Chapter 1, verse 3. Joshua, chapter 1, verse 3. What does he say? God says to Joshua, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So what was he going to give him? Every place the sole of his foot tread upon. So how much land would the Lord give them if they didn't tread anywhere? If they tread zero, they would get zero. Amen? But he said, every place that the sole of your foot treads upon, that's what I've given you. In our uh, Bible study this morning, well, well, we'll look at it again here, but in just a minute, um, at the end of Joshua's life, he said there's a lot of land yet to be possessed. Joshua chapter 3 and verse 13. This is when God told them to cross Jordan. The Jordan River. How many of you ever walked across the Minnesota River? I don't know where. 
How far is the Minnesota River from here? Is it close? You have. Where is it from here? North? North. Granite Falls. Grand, what's it called? Granite Falls. Granite Falls. Okay. And is it pretty shallow there? Uh, yeah. But now, if you came down to Mankato, you wouldn't walk across the, the, the Minnesota River. But up at Granite Falls, apparently you can. But the Jordan was deep, but they walked across it. How'd they do that? Well, let's look at uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 13. And it shall come to pass when? As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord and the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand up upon a heap. When did God do the miracle of making the Jordan River stand like a heap? Well, when, the, when they put their feet in the water. <laughs> and not until. Amen? If we're going to ever do anything for the Lord, it's going to take faith. And faith without works is dead. Amen? So when they put their feet in the water, God built a supernatural dam right there on the Jordan River. Amen? So what are we saying? Step out. Go possess the land. Try something. Go to Good News Club. Go somewhere. Do something. Amen? Reach out. Share Christ with somebody. Amen? You can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. So if you look at now in Joshua chapter 13, verse 1, which we uh, read this morning in, in our uh, Sunday school. <clears throat> and Susan, you did such a good job of reading this uh, <laughs> this morning. Why don't you read it for us again? Joshua chapter 13, verse 1. Now Joshua was old. Joshua was old. Stricken in years. And the Lord said to him, Thou art old. <laughs> and stricken in years. There remain yet very much land to possess. So God had promised them a big possession. Amen. And I, I can't quote to you off the top of my head, you know, what all, but I mean, it was a huge area, much larger than what they, uh, what they have ever taken, I believe. In fact, I think it said to the river Euphrates, which would be, uh, Iraq, right? So God had promised them the land. See, God can promise us something, but we have to possess it. A lot of people don't understand that. They think, well, whatever God decides, that's what's going to happen. God promised them a lot, but they, they got a little. Amen? But at least they got something. <laughs> can I have an amen? Well, you're all staring at me today. I don't know. God, God is, is, you know, God is almighty, okay? But God works through us and what we choose to believe him for and to possess. God had given them a big possession, but here it was at the end of Joshua's life and it said there's a whole lot left to possess. All right? Now, let's go to the 14th chapter. We're going to conclude here. And I recently read this, and boy, this excited me. Uh, Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. 
Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal and Caleb. There he is again, Caleb, one of the, that one that had the other spirit. The son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said. Amen. Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me. <laughs> you know, God speaks things concerning you and your destiny and your purpose and what's yours in Christ Jesus. And he says, you know, Joshua, what God spoke through Moses concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly, in other words, completely, followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance. Now all those ten spies, if I ask you, none of you could tell me who they were. But we all know Joshua and Caleb. And those ten spies, they just died in the wilderness. But the, those that had the other spirit, they possessed their possessions. And he said, Surely the land whereon thy feet has trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever. Hallelujah. Because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10. And now behold the Lord has kept me alive as he said these 40 and 5 years. So he's 85 years old. Praise God. Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness and now lo I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so my strength is now for war, both to go out and to come in. And this is what I want you to get here now. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain whereof the Lord spoke that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and the cities were great and fenced. And if so be that the Lord will be with thee, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and he gave unto Caleb the son of Jephunneh Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kinsonite until this day because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Give me my mountain. <laughs> yes. Give me my inheritance. Yes. I recently prayed that myself. It just came out in my spirit. I suppose after I had read this, it just came alive in me. Lord, give me the things that you've promised to me, the things you've put in my heart, the things that you've shown me in the word of God. Give me those things. You know, maybe you think, well, that's a selfish prayer. No, that glorifies God. When you take hold of what he wants you to have, it glorifies him. Amen? Give me my mountain. Glory to God. Give me my mountain. Then there's a time that we've got to 
forcefully lay hold of what's ours in Christ Jesus. The destiny that's ours in our life. The destiny that God has for this church. Oh, thank God for all that he's done through the years in this church and through this ministry. But the best is yet to be. There's more. Amen? God says, call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. And it starts in that heart to have that spirit of faith and that spirit of conquest and then to pray out of that spirit unto the Lord and to claim our inheritance for the Lord. Claim Fulda and Slayton and um, Wyndham and what else is around here? Curry. What? Curry. 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 All right. <laughs> and Avoca. Avoca shall be saved. Woo! Maybe somebody needs to move to Avoca. <laughs> so you'll have someone from Avoca in your church. <laughs> oh, bless the Lord. Father, give us our mountain. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's just stand to our feet and just, just begin to claim your inheritance. I just believe that something has been stirred in us today, all of us, you know. It's individualized. It's, all, it's different for each one of us. But God has a mountain for this church and for us individually. Lord, give me my mountain. Go ahead and pray. Ask him. Give me my mountain, Lord. Give me those things you've put in my heart, Lord. Hallelujah. That you might be glorified through my life. Oh, Father God. Father God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. More teachings, podcasts, and reports are on our website at tomshanklin.org. You can also reach us by mail at Tom Shanklin Ministries, Post Office Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002, USA.